0: Hello and welcome to Prototype & See, a brand new podcast for designers, engineers and innovators all about the product development journey. My name is James Murphy, co-founder of HLH, one of the world's leading manufacturers of prototypes and low-volume production parts. I've been in this industry for nearly 20 years, but I feel there's still a great deal about our customers that I don't yet understand. So in Prototype and C, I'm going to be sitting down with some of the world's most innovative companies, talking to designers and engineers, all about the successes and failures, the ups and downs of bringing new products to market. And today we're very privileged to have with us Marco uh, Pavan from uh, Steamjet Space Systems, welcome.
1: Thank you James, thank you very Um, much for inviting me.
0: Not not at all, not at all. Please uh, just give us a quick kind of intro to you and 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 Steamjet and what you guys are, are doing.
1: Sure. Uh, well, um, first of all, um, thanks again for having me over. Um, I'm Marco Pavan. I'm CEO and co-founder of uh, Steamjet Space Systems. Uh, maybe you can give like a. Really quick intro about my 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 experience and yeah, what yeah. brought me to 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 Steamjet. Please do, and, and then yeah, a little bit about what is Steamjet about. Um, so yeah, just a few things about myself. So I'm um, I'm originally from Italy. So I graduated in Italy. Uh, I have a bachelor and master degree in aerospace engineering. Uh, I worked for a couple of years in Italy, then eventually moved to Germany, uh, working for Airbus for a couple of years, and that's because, obviously, I've been always passionate about space and aerospace, so that was really fitting what I wanted to do. Um, after a couple of years working there, I did the PhD, so Airbus basically asked me to do a PhD in uh, aerospace engineering in um, in Coventry, uh, mm-hmm. in UK, so... I say, why not? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I moved to UK and towards the end of my PhD, that is actually when um, Steamjet Space Systems uh, started. So uh, at Steamjet, uh, we designed and manufactured propulsion systems for small satellites and CubeSats. CubeSats are, for who doesn't know, for who's not really familiar with the space sector, a really, really tiny platform. Uh, so you can you can imagine uh, a, a satellite which is the size of a shoebox, so a mm-hmm. really really small one, okay. and uh, a steam jet. Basically, we 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 design propulsion systems uh, specifically for those sort sort of, of of platforms. And the main innovation for us is that we use just low pressure water as the main propellant. So okay. we don't use chemicals or um, other toxic propellants. We use the greenest propellant that we can have, which is water. And um in principle what we do is 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 really easy obviously it's a bit more difficult actually doing it uh-huh. but basically uh what we have is sort of a steam engine okay so we we have a water tank and we convert the water into superheated steam so uh-huh. steam at really high temperature and we just eject that through the nozzle Okay. Uh, through a nozzle to create thrust. So what that is what is actually creating thrust. That so that is what actually is moving okay. the satellite.
0: But that, that's only used to to move the satellite once it's up in space. Isn't yes, it is yes yes. You, you can't correct. use that to get it off the ground. No no. You wouldn't no, be able no. to no. do
1: that. Uh, but <laughs> right. once in space, obviously uh, you are in microgravity condition. Yeah, yeah, so okay. even really like a tiny. Uh, thrust of about few millinewtons, which uh-huh. you probably wouldn't even notice here on Earth, yeah. uh,
0: that is able
1: to, to, to move, move satellites move. around. Okay. Uh, once,
0: once in space. Yeah. And how, how precisely are you able to to move? So the well, pretty
1: precisely. So the, the actually the thing is that uh, for those tiny platform, which are waiting uh even 10 20 kilograms or, or less so a really really tiny one you just need a little bit of, of thrust to move them around you know uh-huh. and uh the, the smaller is the thrust actually the better you can control it yeah now there are other systems like electric propulsion systems uh, they have a much lower thrust the, the the negative side of it is that obviously if you do if you need to do like a, a maneuver in space uh-huh. perhaps change your orbit of about 50 100 kilometers it's gonna take you like a really Really long time. Uh-huh. So our system is sort of in in this in a sweet spot because we can okay. we can be completely safe because we just use water, mm. but also we can do we can move the satellites around pretty quickly compared to electric propulsion systems. And if we compare ourselves with uh, chemical trusters or trusters which uh, you know especially were used on bigger satellites uh-huh. and they were using like toxic propellants such yeah. as hydrazine or other stuff. Uh, well, then um, we can we can have um, we, we we're much uh, greener than okay. that. So we okay. can. So it's
0: a more environmentally friendly. Yes, and also, and, and that's a concern even when you're out it in is, space.
1: Yeah, and especially because you know if you if you're handling toxic propellants, uh, it is very expensive to do it. Mm-hmm. And you need a to wash Oh right? yes, once you're uh, on Earth, on like Earth, just to, to handle the propellant. Yeah, but okay. if you just need to fill something with water, water. obviously, <laughs> yeah. everybody can do it, and, and uh-huh. there's no there's no problem around it. Okay. And this is extremely important, especially for CubeSats and small satellites, because the cost of the mission is not it's not hundreds of millions like it was 20 years ago for mm-hmm. like huge satellites. Okay. It's it's less than a million 500k. You know, so it's yeah. much cheaper to do it today. And okay. that's why you don't want to introduce any cost or any complexity on and, the mission if you don't have to.
0: And that's the way the market's going, is it? Towards these smaller CubeSats? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Like if you think about like a typical satellite 20 years ago, you would th- you, was, you would think uh, something which uh, was probably as big as a double-decker bus, right. was weighing like right. uh, tons, uh-huh. and it was costing hundreds of millions, and uh, it was taking 5 to 10 years to be developed, you know? Uh-huh. And only a few... Uh, only a few really big companies or, or government agencies were actually able to do it because yeah. obviously the cost yeah. was massive. Well, the same function can be done today by a satellite, which is about 10 kilograms in weight. Okay. As I say, the size of a shoebox, really, yeah, really, yeah, really yeah, tiny. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that is costing probably you know less than a million right. and it's taking less than two years to be developed. Okay. So we've we've seen like a massive a massive shift towards really, really tiny platforms, which are doing the same thing. Mm. Because then if you think about the technology, for instance, uh, if you want to have, like, perhaps a satellite 20 years ago was taking pictures of the Earth, yeah. so Earth observation. The camera was huge.
0: Uh-huh. Just
1: think about the camera you have in your phone today, yeah, you know, like yeah. 50 megapixel. <laughs> uh-huh. and, and so it was, it's much better than the one that they had 20 years ago. Uh-huh. and it's it's it's, it's tiny, fitting in yeah. your in your in your mobile phone so uh-huh. it's really really tiny okay. so the miniaturization of electronics yeah. is what really allowed to do this big jump you know from yeah. really really tiny platforms
0: and that's making the whole thing more accessible so you get a lot more different types of companies customers coming to you to, to use this, utilize this technology?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. So before the entry barrier was was huge. It was because, just government. Yeah, it was just government basically yeah, yeah, going to space. Yeah. But now uh, because costs are like 100 times less, uh-huh. with less than a million you can have uh, your, 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 your own space mission, you know,
0: uh-huh. which includes
1: also the launch sector. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously if you need to launch a satellite which is 10 kilograms mm-hmm. it's going to be much less expensive, you know, than yeah. launching a satellite which is one ton. Yeah. So there's a lot of new startups which are you know join in in the market and they are finding new ways basically to generate data. And if we look at the data, you know the most um, useful data today produced is <coughs> is remote sensing, uh-huh. so like Earth observation, and also telecommunications. There are companies such as you know Starlink, for instance. We all know about Starlink, SpaceX. They're trying to basically Bring internet everywhere in the world, also yeah. in the rural areas, you know. Mm-hmm. And to do that, they have a constellations of small satellites. So their satellites are not two tons, three tons; they're like a couple of hundred kilograms. Okay. So a really, really small one. And to, to just give another another few examples, there's uh, uh, one web UK company, yeah, and one then web, there's yeah. Spire, uh, Planet Lab, which are more on the remote sensing. But I think also what is really driving the market is the space downstream sectors. Right. So there are more and more companies on the downstream sector which are using that sort of satellite data okay. to create business insights. Right. Like if you think about tracking for ships, planes, yeah, yeah, cars, okay. you know, they can use Data taken from from satellites, pictures, and they can use artificial intelligence, machine learning, basically to create business inside out of it. So okay. for a, for a store, for instance, they can understand how is the how how many car they have parks on their on their, yeah, on, their yeah, on their parking yeah, yeah. lot, you know, and uh-huh. see how is that changing with time. Okay. And on the on the humanitarian sector, I think one of the use cases which is extremely useful in driving the sector is also the uh, disaster recovery. Um, because obviously we've we all seen what happened in Syria with the big earthquake yeah, yeah. so there was actually you know satellite data was able to show perhaps the most the, the areas which were most impacted by the by the earthquake okay. so they could develop uh plans basically to help people in those right, areas right, very, so very it's, quickly. it's been yes it's been really really useful from from that point of view
0: okay i mean that's fantastic to hear that, yeah. that those things are going on and you you say there's quite a lot of new startups uh, coming coming out at the minute. And uh, I hear good things about the, the space industry in the UK. Is it a good place to be uh, uh, an aerospace startup?
1: Yeah, I think it is. Um, I can tell you, for instance, uh, our personal experience. So one thing that we have seen since we started is um, uh, like a big support from the government. So there are organizations such as Catapult, uh, mm-hmm. Satellite Application, and then there are... Um, there are a lot of uh, you know um, a lot of ways basically that UK Space Agency or the government can can provide funding to small startups from from the early stages, so where from you first have like uh, the first idea to then when as you progress and you you start to have some traction. So I think there's a lot of funding from the government and okay. also because. Um, the government has a really ambitious plan. I think to really be part of the space sector yeah. uh, in the next uh, in the next five to ten years. Okay. And uh, for us, for instance, um, when we started, we've been in. Um, <coughs> business incubation center which is in Westcott right. uh, that really helped us to uh, define our business proposition and help us with a few grants uh, to create some initial prototypes. Uh-huh. Uh, so I think you know it is a really good ecosystem and uh, and as we were talking before the, in- the, the starting of the interview there is like a, a really really big cluster of space companies uh, yeah. in, uh, in Harwell. Right, which is also where ESA is located, and many other like uh, UK startups operating this in the space sectors are located. Okay. So, it, even if you just go there for for a networking event, I would suggest anybody in the space sector to go to the Satochino uh, event, which is right. every month, and you get like a free cappuccino, right. <laughs> and you can network <laughs> basically with uh, with people working in the space sector. Okay, and um, you always find someone interesting to talk with, and yeah, you know yeah. someone that might help you uh, with funding. Or you know potentially uh, collaborations to uh-huh. to to do to do something else. So it's a really vibrant ecosystem. So I yeah. think it it is it's a good it's a great place uh, to be for for okay. startups in this space. Well, like what,
0: what about the re- obviously um, we had the recent failure oh, so, to launch yeah. from, uh, from from Virgin yeah, Orbit. Yeah yeah yeah. How how is that going to affect the the industry in the UK? Is that
1: well yeah, I don't I don't think like for startups um like ourselves for instance is really going to massively affect okay. that. I mean it's been it's been I think, you know, um obviously quite bad for 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 Virgin Orbit itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, We've seen how you know all well the problems they're having now. Yeah. They there <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. And, and eventually the plan is to really have a spaceport in your yeah. case or yeah. like use like um some sort of uh, Airports, facilities that were already there, like using mm. for space applications. So the idea is obviously is obviously very good, and in the future, I, I'm sure that eventually this will be uh, another way to launch. You know, because uh-huh. one of the things that we're seeing today is that uh, there is some like an increased in demand in uh, in launching services. Yeah. So like, more and more companies they want to launch into space, even right. because, as I say, like it's it's much cheaper now
0: to do yeah. it. You know, yeah and so, and your and your technology is enabling it to be even cheaper
1: yes i mean yeah. like uh For for us, like obviously, our technology will be mostly used in in space. Mm. But like uh, one 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 use case uh, of using a propulsion system uh, once you are in orbit is that you can you don't really care about the orbit where you are dropped off from the launcher because then you have your propulsion system and you can just just go wherever you need to go. You know, so that is a is a main use case uh, for having propulsion on board of your of your mission. So yeah, our technology is. Enabling that, and also if we look ahead in the future, because we use just water, you know, mm. there are already um, ways w- they're trying basically to to do
0: some sort of refueling on orbit, right? Okay, yeah, and potentially, yeah, I, I, was going, yeah. I was just about to ask that, yeah, does it run out? Like, yeah, it does, like all propellants, it does. How long, like, conceivable? Well, I can give you an mean.
1: example, uh, like. <laughs> The, the amount of water that we see on this on this glass, uh, uh-huh. maybe just slightly less than that, yeah. uh, is, is enough to do probably a hundred kilometers change in your right. orbit. Right. So you don't really need like a, lot of, need a lot of water to, okay. to, to actually do an orbital change. Okay. And uh, but eventually, yes,
0: it will run out. So and what happens then? Uh, at, well, the minute, what happens?
1: at the minute, at uh, the minute, at the minute, you just. Um, you, you you decide your the amount of water. You well, you, you plan it before, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so you know you need to do that in your mission, yeah. which could be, as I said, like an orbital change. Perhaps if you have a constellation, you just want to do station keeping. So, uh-huh. because in a constellation, you need to make sure every satellite is communicating with the other satellites. Yeah. So you need to do a, a lot of small adjustments. And then Perhaps you wanna you wanna do a deorbiting at the end of the mission to avoid all the space junks that we have already in in orbit. So you plan how much water you need to do all that, you know. And then eventually you know that your mission is gonna be I don't know five years, and and that you know allows you to calculate how much water to carry, and you just carry that much uh, water. Okay. One of our product, which is the Steam Truster One, has uh, the possibility to bring as much water as you as you need. So we can just uh, customize our water tanks, right? Uh, in order to fit the water, the amount of water which is needed for 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 your mission. Okay. And so w-
0: when you build your product, you're building it like to order, almost. Yeah. Right? So one depending when on the the customers requirements, how long they're going to be up there, what they're going to be doing. Yes. You would then design. You try a to, system.
1: yeah. You try to st- standardize in a way. Yeah. so obviously, you want to reduce the amount of customization Uh in a way but then also customization is still really important. Yeah. And one one of the things that we we can do, compared for instance to you know even bigger companies which yeah. are in the in the market, is really the possibility to customize the design uh-huh. because we use a lot of additive manufacturing yeah. in our in our yeah. system um, and basically three D printing. And and what what we can do with that, we can achieve a really high freedom of design. Uh-huh. So we can. Even change the shape of our water tanks uh, yeah. in order to make it make it better when you actually integrate that into the satellite. Yeah. And integration is really important because you wanna everything you put on your satellite is gonna slightly move your center of gravity. So you wanna make sure that when you when you put everything together and also during the mission, your center of gravity is not moving too much. Yeah. And uh, one way to guarantee that is also if you can perhaps you know create like a sort of a personalized or customized shape for the for the water tank so that it can better be integrated. And does, does your technology
0: site, right? like free you up in terms of the types of materials you can use because you're not dealing with like toxic chemicals and, and things like that.
1: Yeah, I think you know uh for for our for our for most of our propulsion systems we use titanium, TI64. Right. Just uh, just
0: for the weight saving Yeah, just because it yeah
1: it's it's obviously slightly um uh, lighter, you know, uh-huh. and it's also quite resistant. So yeah. potentially we could use though, um, other different materials. we actually investigating that. So the, the key innovation for us is, is, is the way we convert water into steam. So okay. that is the key innovation for us because we can do that with a, with a really compact uh, design of our heat exchanger and uh-huh. uh, using very little power. So obviously there's a lot of research about which materials you want to use on that because yeah. The, the difficulty is um, to be able to create like a core which is really hot because uh-huh. you want to convert like water into steam, but you don't want to transfer that heat to the rest of the system and to okay. the satellite. So that's why the, the, the choice of different materials in that case is is important yeah. because you want to, you know, minimize then the, the heat transfer to the to the satellite.
0: Okay, okay. Do you, do you use a lot of generative design in
1: uh, I would say we try to keep it simple in a right. way, so uh, we have um, we have a quite simple design, yeah. Uh I mean, it is, it is
0: a cube for yeah. all intents and purposes, yeah, right? exactly. In, in, yeah, you know, and
1: sense. as I said, we can customize that. Yeah. Uh, in case I mean, there's a lot want. going
0: on inside, I'm sure. Oh, yes, but, yeah. inside is inside
1: <laughs> all minimized, you know, yeah, in terms yeah. of uh, you know, we just Remove as much material as we can to make it lighter but also provide enough strength to survive the uh-huh. you know vibrations basically to survive launch, because that yeah. is when your system is really you know where, where, that's where you have most of the solicitations so that's yeah. where you have most of your you know uh, vi- vibrations and, and and that is where it's more difficult for the system to survive uh-huh. once uh, it's in orbit it's easy <laughs> how how
0: long does it take you to build one right.
1: What, do you mean like uh, designing it? Or just like actually manufacturing put, yeah, it? it together, yeah. Uh, so at the moment, uh, probably, so the 3D printing process is not going to take long, no. maybe like a week. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then the assembly, it takes a, a little bit more time. So obviously it depends also how many we have to build. So yeah. uh, this seems to, the system itself can, could be built in less than a month uh we do have a lead time which is a bit more than that because obviously we have other orders to fulfill and other things mm-hmm. but the yeah the the assembly procedure as well is not it's not too complex so it's something that we are trying to improve also you know every iteration we do we try to improve it uh for us you know um the, I think the the most challenging bit for us has been really to increase the trL level uh, of the system from like really like a a prototype lab, which Mm -hmm. was uh, just tested, but we not really uh, tested in space, let's say, to the actual space prototype, you know? So that's why I say every time we we do, like, an uh, an iteration on our design, then things get better, like, and we improve the performance and also the assembly time reduces. So, Uh you know, with time... uh, you know, eventually we, we're going to shorten this uh, more, but yeah. uh, at the moment, is still quite a, there's still quite a lot of experience involved and 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 like sort of um, manual processing. Yeah. There. How, how
0: many like individual different parts? are oh. in there? Do you, do you know? Is it like hundreds, thousands? Yeah,
1: it's not. It's not. It's not thousands. Like it's, no. it's still like a, we try, as I say, try to keep it simple. And the, right. the the reason why we choose also. Um, Uh, 3D printing is that we can basically build a single part you know so instead of building I don't know 20 different parts using traditional CNC machining or these sort of things we can produce one single part uh, and uh, obviously the assembly at that point would be much easier Uh, we still do some post-processing obviously after manufacturing because we need to get the roughness done and uh, like we need to make sure we are within the uh, dimensions that we want to be you know yeah uh, but
0: um, yeah Does it, yeah okay so so what's uh the future plans for for, for you guys like uh,
1: yeah uh, that's a good question yeah. <laughs> so at the moment uh, as i say we have uh two main products uh uh-huh. which is the tunacan truster and the why uh,
0: why, why tunacan
1: <laughs> <laughs> well because okay uh so the way kubesots which are these tiny platforms are are just let's say uh, dropped into the final bit of the orbit uh-huh. is through this uh, is through a, through like a container you know you put this this CubeSat inside this container okay. and this container has a spring located inside right, right. that spring is what is actually pushing the satellite out okay all right so that spring uh, is uh, basically is occupying a volume yeah uh, you know because it's a preloaded spring and that volume is called tunacan volume right so I don't right. know or like, I don't know why it's called tuna can because that, maybe yeah, because it looks like a tuna can like,
0: uh, yeah, eventually like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but
1: uh, so that is some volume which is not really used by the satellite okay. so we develop something that can fit into that volume ah. Now the main benefit of doing that is that that volume is not inside the satellite. It is outside, actually. Right. So basically, if you have really, really tiny CubeSat, yeah. you can still use the whole volume inside for your payload, uh-huh. for the things that matter. Yeah, and yeah. then you can still use Propulsion System because it's installed outside. Right. So, you know, we take, uh, we, we use that volume to provide something, uh, you know, beneficial for the final customer, so okay. to have more volume inside the, the satellite yeah, itself.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, all right, so that's why tuna can and yeah you, you were you were gonna tell us like what what the future holds yes for you guys
1: yeah, so uh, as I say, <coughs> at the moment we have these two main products, but uh we we know that uh we know that we would like to to develop new things uh uh-huh. one of these for instance is the is an attitude control thruster. Right. so at the moment always using our technology, which is the main innovation for us. But at the moment, we can provide just thrust along one direction. Okay. Know, as I say, perhaps yeah, yeah. to change your orbit, increase or decrease your orbit. But one thing which is, you know, extremely, it's, it's quite important, I requested, uh, needed uh, from the market, is um, is the possibility to change attitude. So okay. just to, you know, rotate, basically, yeah, your satellite yeah, around. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So we're, we're working at solution even for bigger satellites yeah. that can uh, still use our technology, uh-huh. but provide also this capability so that you can use our propulsion system not just to change your orbit, but also to rotate it around, basically yeah. to provide those attitude control. And one other thing that we are uh, now studying is uh, new versions of our propulsion systems with a uh, much higher ISP. Uh, by ISP, I mean um, the specific impulse. So it basically is the how efficient is your thruster. Now, if we use our propulsion system for small satellites up to 100, 200 kilograms, then, you know, we can fulfill the needs for for the mission. But if we're talking about really, really big satellites, then it's not efficient enough in a way. So uh, that's why we need to work at perhaps different technologies to produce that steam in a way that is much more efficient so that we can use it not just for small satellites and, and CubeSats, but also for uh, bigger satellites, yeah. over 500, 600 kilograms a ton, and, and so on, okay. which you know is still, is still, you know, is still a big market. You know, yeah. we believe the sweet spot at the moment is around two hundred kilograms. So right. a lot of the constellations that we see coming are around that mass. Okay. But uh, still, you know, um, we see a lot of missions, especially deep space missions, uh, which need. Uh, a more um let's say a more efficient propulsion system and if we look even further ahead uh, perhaps at uh, asteroid mining for instance you know right. there will be the possibility to extract uh minerals from asteroids yeah. in the future yeah. and water will be one of the easiest things to actually extract from asteroids right. and uh therefore you know with a more efficient system we could enable more uh interplanetary missions or yeah, deep space yeah, exploration okay. because you could refill it uh, on the go you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously yeah, this is yeah. more sci-fi talking probably yeah, yeah. but uh but, that is yeah. the direction that we work
0: soon out. to be reality yeah right? hopefully yeah. yes yeah, yeah. any advice for uh new new startups in the uh, aerospace uh industry
1: yes uh so i think you know if you have a a good idea about anything related to space, which could be upstream for like a subsystem or downstream for, uh, as I say, how to actually process data for coming from from satellite. I think my advice would be to. Um, pitch that idea to perhaps uh, business incubators or business accelerators okay. so there are many of them as i mentioned the westcott business incubation center but there are much more uh, there are many more let's say in the country uh, so i think you know initially you can really get a lot of support yeah. because initially you might have a, like a good idea but yeah. perhaps you don't have all the skills, yeah. or you don't have you don't really know uh, how to to create like a, a proper business proposition out uh-huh. of that. Uh-huh. So,
0: well, how, how well are these incubators able to understand the 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 ideas behind? Well, that these is up businesses? to you. How well yeah. you can explain. Well, it in yeah, a way. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Be, being of the
1: sector, uh, yeah. they. They definitely be able to help you to formulate that in a in a in a better way. You know, uh-huh. you might have just like a, an idea, like maybe a vague idea about something. Mm. You know, uh, so they might help you also with the market research because obviously you need to make sure that that idea can have a potential market. You know, <clears throat> the the space sector is a niche market, so obviously. Yeah. You don't expect to be to, to, de- to deploy something that everybody is going to use you know yeah, on the yeah. planet but mm. they 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 can help you to identify perhaps that small part of the sect of the of the market which is good enough initially to attract some investments or you know just to get you started at the end you know yeah. so i think you know that that is the best thing i would suggest uh, for, for for new startups like um, try to go through these incubators accelerators and try to pitch your idea even if you're not going to be accepted at least you will have prepared something and that (coughs) sorry that itself basically would have given you the opportunity to improve the way you you talk about the idea so uh, it would be anyway some some sort of a useful exercise for you to better formulate the idea you know and then eventually they will support you with with the with the other steps so once you have perhaps some initial funding and you can do perhaps a Prototype. If you need to to manufacture something, uh, then you can use that and and their connection to attract investments and then to support you perhaps towards. Um, with there are a lot, a lot of programs perhaps that are giving you the opportunity perhaps to 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 test your system in space. You know, access to space is still expensive. It's not that expensive as it was 20 years ago, but still you were talking about, I don't know, 100 to 200k or even more. So if you are like a startup, you don't initially have that amount yeah. of cash, you know, yeah. they might support you through free launches, you know, free in-orbit demonstrations launches. UK uh, Space Agency is doing that and also catapult uh, satellite applications. So um, they can help you with a lot of things. Okay. So my suggestion, perhaps start with going with the, to the Satučino event, as, yeah, I, as yeah, I was yeah. saying, Sounds the one like in Arwell. Point. Yeah, yeah. I yeah I you ch- go there right. and and, yeah. and, and, you, and you just start, start talking with the people or, uh, which, are, which are going to those events and, and, and
0: something will come up out of that. Okay, okay. Thank you very much. Thank You're you welcome. Very much. Marco Pavan, uh, Steamjet Space Systems. If you want to learn more about you and your company, where's the best place to do that?
1: So you can visit our website, steamjet.space. Uh, you can connect to LinkedIn and, uh, or you can drop me an email. Uh, my email address is marcopavan at steamjet.space.
0: Okay. Thank you. Uh, I hope you all found that very interesting. I I certainly did. Um, Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, uh, whatever you have to do to make sure you don't miss the next episode of Prototype and See. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. Yeah. There you go. Is that okay? Yeah, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you're working on your first product or your 10th, you've got the Prototype and See podcast to back you up through your product development journey. Follow, subscribe, and tune in for our next episode. We can't wait to see where your prototype takes you.